0: Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I am Charlie Witkowski, joined as always by my tag team partner, the wonderful
1: Nick Veronica. Nick, how you doing, man? Hey, Charlie, I'm good. I enjoyed the draft from home. It was a nice, nice change, though, seeing people with their families, seeing people inside their houses. Um, we can incorporate some of this into next year's draft, I think. What were your thoughts on? Cliff Kingsbury's house. Dude, um, <laughs> it might have been you who tweeted. It's like he looked like Gordon Bombay when uh Hendrix Hockey was putting him up in, in the beautiful in the beautiful pad. Like Cliff Kingsbury is put like first of all, the guy looks like he could be a movie star. And then his house is like a movie star's house. Like if you don't if you didn't see this picture, we'll have to link to it now. You gotta go find it. This dude is just like, the guys on his team are probably jealous of him. Like, this dude just puts people to shame. That house was beautiful. Everybody else is in... Dave Gettleman looks like... He was in his attic, I think. He looks like he's in a friggin' bunker in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. And then you got Cliff Kingsbury just chilling in this, like, beautiful, you know, glass house. Unbelievable.
0: Dude, it was... Uh, so, I will not take the credit for that tweet. That tweet came from J.J. Watt. Um, and I retweeted it on my page. Okay, oh, okay. But... Okay. but what a great tweet like it was it was the most spot on perfect tweet to describe uh, Cliff Kingsbury's house like beautiful house. I, I am jealous of his house like a great touch it's I, I am I am beyond jealous of that built-in fire pit but anyway man like you said it was a pretty enjoyable draft. I will say I definitely enjoyed um, this type of draft being able to see. Inside the draftees' homes, like like seeing them and their families all together, um, and, and and just kind of being able to have an eye on what the GMs were doing, what the coaches were doing, um, more so than usual. I don't think they gave a lot of love to the Bills, but that's a you know whole other issue. Um, but I did think Brandon Bean had a pretty cool setup from what I saw. Um, But, I mean, what what were your overall thoughts on the draft? It's definitely something I would like to see them continue to do in the future. I think the previous way that
1: they did it was great. But
0: I think this might be the new way to go.
1: Yeah, normally the draft is kind of over the top, I think. And I saw some some of the national reporters were saying to coaches, were telling them today they loved it. They didn't – they got to, A, see their families, which is like – sounds normal but for guys like they study film and meet players for so many hours every spring like they got to be with their families more both on draft day and just the process leading up to this they got to wear shorts one of the coaches said he got to wear shorts instead of a shirt and tie because you normally you're in the room with the owner and some big sponsors and everything show up um they loved it i I thought it was pretty cool seeing the the cameras from inside some of the yeah, good good stuff. I don't know that we need to uh bring everybody to Vegas and put them on a boat. That was kind of weird. No, I
0: I thought it would have been cool to see, but I this was definitely just a cool way to do it. But I need to find a way if they do this again next next time to uh keep Goodell awake for the entire draft.
1: <laughs> the m M&M, he was <coughs> crushing m ms I respected it.
0: Yeah, I think uh you and I were texting back and forth during the draft. I think Adele hit a sugar high at one point and just completely crashed <laughs> towards the end there and he sat in his comfy chair and looked like he was about to uh read the kids a Christmas uh story before bed or something.
1: He looked like me on uh, Thanksgiving trying to stay away for that late game and you're like, This is just <laughs> not
0: just not happening. <laughs> Too much turkey, man. Too much turkey. So so let's get into it, man. Like Buffalo I thought did a pretty good job in the draft. Um, we'll kind of break it down. What What are your thoughts on on how Buffalo did and how things kind of shaped up for them without having that first round pick?
1: Yeah, so I uh, same same as you. I thought they did very well for themselves without having the first round pick. If I had to give their give them a grade, I would go B plus. I think they hit every pick was well was was well done. I thought just the fact that they didn't have a fir- a first round talent kind of kept them from being an A for me. But that's not their fall i think that they did very well with what they had so let's just go through it real quick second round defensive end aj epinesa from iowa third round running back zach moss from utah fourth round receiver gabriel davis from central florida fifth round quarterback jake Fromm from georgia sixth round wide receiver isaiah hodgins from oregon state also 6th round kicker, Tyler Bass from Georgia Southern. And 7th round cornerback, Dane Jackson from Pittsburgh. They hit s- most of their needs. I was a little surprised they didn't draft any offensive linemen. Uh, they might have uh, brought in some undrafted free agents with that. But defensive end in 3rd round, that was a-, a spot we said, a position of need. They got, they got a guy, honestly, Epinesa is a guy who was projected as a 1st round pick. Didn't test so well at the Combine. Fell a little bit. But when the Bills still had the first round pick before the stuff on Diggs trade, most people were projecting the Bills to take up Vanessa in the first round. So to get him in the second round was really good value. Um, they drafted a quarterback. Some people were caught off guard by that. If you listen to the Process podcast, we had mentioned several times that quarterback could be an area of need for the team, uh, for the backup job. And then I was most... Well, I... W- can't say I was totally surprised about the kicker because we also mentioned a few weeks ago kicker could be an area of need for this team so all in all they got two receivers they're gonna have a lot of competition at receiver this year holy cow they got they got a cornerback late okay they got a running back in the third round not the second round like we said don't do that that's not smart I think like no no part of the weekend felt like a miss nothing felt like the old Bills days where you were super nervous, like, Oh my gosh, how can they screw this up this time? It's like this is this was it was a nice weekend. There was no no horrible thoughts. There's no drafting CJ Spiller when you have two quality running backs already. It was just it was nice.
0: Yeah, you know what? I thought they did a good job, uh, Espinosa Espineza there in the, the the second round. He was definitely a first round talent that Luckily, slipped to them. I know um, if you guys listened to our, our our pre-draft one, I was kind of high on um, Curtis Weaver, who went later on in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like every guy I was high on went
1: to a team in the AFC East. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, Miami had a great draft too. I thought the
0: Miami had a very good draft, and I thought the Jets had a fairly good draft as well. I thought they addressed a lot of needs as well, and um, were able to, to address the receivers. And the the one shock for me was that New England didn't take a quarterback, but you know, we'll get into that a little bit later as well. But I, I, I was very um, surprised to see them take a quarterback. Um, I know that we did talk about them possibly doing something with that backup quarterback position. Um, but I was very surprised to see them go and get a quarterback in the fifth round. I felt like maybe there were some other guys that were sitting there in the fifth round that they could have grabbed. But. Um, but I will say Jake Fromm is not a bad answer as your backup quarterback going forward if that's what they decide to do um, with him and 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 and, get, and uh, cut ties with Matt Barkley. But I think uh, Jake Fromm is, is, a, is a good answer for backup. He's got a few issues with his arm. But other than that, he's very good with the ball. He's not like a Josh Allen where he's just going to fire the ball downfield and and hope something happens. Um, he's smart with the ball before he gets rid of it. And I think that will also help Josh in the uh in the QB room as well, um, going forward here. But uh let's talk a little bit real quick, Nick. Let's talk about uh what your thoughts were on the running back, um,
1: Zach Moss from Utah. All right. I like the pick and I like the player. We had talked about before that it- with especially without having a first round pick taking a running back in the second round for the bills was just not a good value there's there's running backs later on that you can get also Devin singletary is going to be the the lead guy you took him in the third round like definitely like don't bring in someone drafted ahead of that guy like don't one up your own guy like like that so taking a guy in the third round fine number one good value good fit for the team and the player himself i like it there's um Devin Singletary last year, when he came in, he was not as highly rated, but his his stats were um, were really good. And Pro Football Focus had, does some interesting work with, you know, not not uh, some of their analytics are not typical things you would think of, but they track things like broken tackles, there things like uh, they give an elusiveness some kind of rating they had for it. I, I remember that Singletary was like very high end. And last year, I looked this up because I saw it with Moss, Singletary had the second most uh, missed tackles forced of any running back in last year's draft class. Zach Moss had the second most missed tackles forced of any running back in this draft class. So the Bills, they seem to understand that shiftiness is is much more important in, in running backs This is uh, than it used to be. So you don't need the big bruiser like you used to think, like <clears throat> Frank Gore. Um, <laughs> but he is... Uh, He's still bigger. I want to say he's, he's about two hundred twenty-five pounds. So he is. He is physical. He can hit up in the tackles. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think he's going to be a good complimentary back to Devin Singletary. Um, you know, he, he is, believe it or not, very similar uh, from what I've seen at least to Frank Gore uh, in the way that he's just able to get get between the tackles. But he can make. But that a better first Frank cut. Gore. Well, yes, yes, better. Better Frank Gore is a good way to
1: put it. Yeah. Um, by, by the way, Frank Gore had a great career, so I don't mean to like dump on the guy. But No, like but, but, but at this, at this stage Gore. of their careers, I guess you could say, right? He's a, he's yeah. a better Frank yeah, yeah. Gore at
0: this stage, right? Um, so I think he'll be be a good number two back. Uh, the one, one thing that kind of, uh, I guess the one negative that you could really say, not to really be that guy, but uh, his, his speed, he, he has no problem getting away after that first cut. But he's not a big home run uh, speedster runner. And and neither is Devin Singletary, though. But I, I don't really need a running back. I don't know about you. I don't need a running back that's going to take the house from 95 yards. Um, I just need a guy that's going to get out there and pick up the big first downs and, and, and uh, pick up the touchdowns in the red zone you know inside the 20. If you can have a guy that can make that first cut and get 20 yards in the end zone, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't know how you feel on that, but that's definitely uh, – Definitely not a
1: negative too much, but um. yeah, I saw an interesting stat here on that. Speaking of his speed, his forty-yard dash time was four point six five seconds, which is incredible for like most of us, but for a running back in this draft class, that only ranked in the thirty-sixth percentile. So he's he's got you know speed, but like NFL-wise, not quite breakaway speed. However, his ten-yard split, so the first ten yards of that forty. He ran in 1.54 seconds, which they said was the 90th percentile. So he gets up to tough speed pretty darn quick. He just doesn't have the breakaway speed the rest of the way.
0: And I know a lot of the uh, the draft experts, if you want to call them, um, had him as the number two running back in this draft, which I thought was pretty surprising given the talent that was there. Um, but but he he's a talented uh, running back, and I'm, I'm excited to have him in Buffalo. And you know what? Like we said on twitter man he is a buffalo guy that is for sure <laughs>
1: uh
0: he he's he's tweeted in the past i don't know if everyone's seen it that he wants to play in the snow he's tweeted that he loves wings so i think
1: he's gonna fit He in the tweeted buffalo about the well. process even you can't he make did it tweet
0: about the process he see look, he knows he knows it's all about the process man um so he's he's uh he, he's into it and i, and I think he's gonna be a perfect buffalo fit um just going down the list here, Nick, I know we won't spend a lot of time on these, but Buffalo then took in the fourth round with no third round pick. They took, or sorry, with, uh, with, with, with the fourth round pick, they took Gabriel Davis. Um, what what are your thoughts on Gabriel Davis? He's out of UCF. Um, I will say shame on the bills. They did credit him with a national championship, uh, as one (laughs) of his accolades. I'm like, okay, but we won't get into that on this podcast, but maybe on another one, don't believe UCF ever won a national championship, but come out they bring in a receiver that at this point is going to battle for that number four receiver position. Um, and they even brought in while we're while we're on Gabriel Davis, let's talk about both of them. Let's talk about Gabriel Davis. Let's talk about Isaiah Hodgins. They're both going to step into an offense that, in my opinion, is going to put a guy like a uh, uh, Robert Foster and some of the other guys on that wide receiver core at a risk of possibly not making this team.
1: Yep, I definitely agree with that. The both these guys that they took, both receivers, to me, these are moves you make when you already have a ten win team and you already have a top three receivers. Like these guys are, I don't want to say gadgets, but they're they're specific weapons that should be used in specific ways. Neither of these guys, you're not going to put them out there seventy percent of the snaps and say like do everything. So Gabriel Davis was the fourth round pick. He's six two two sixteen, ran a four five four. PFF, and I know that Bills fans have heard this before about players, uh, PFF called him a, quote, massive project. But keep in mind, this—he he's not going to be a full, complete wide receiver who does everything. PFF says he had a very limited route tree. He only ran hitches, slants, posts, goes, and double moves, which is not a diverse route tree. 84% of his yards came on those five routes. However... The Bills, like, they don't need this guy to, to do everything. They have Diggs, they have Brown, they have Beasley. This guy can literally go on the field, and when he's out there, the defense says, whoa, we got to take care of this guy because he's dangerous on this one thing that he does great, okay? He doesn't do everything well, but he does one thing good. You put him on the field, he's gonna probably going to go hit you for a double move and try to beat you that way, you, you got to account for the guy. So basically, he feels like just an upper extra weapon that you, you you take because you're good, because you don't have any glaring holes, and you build from there. So I like it. And I'm not looking for him to beat anybody deep, really, either. You know,
0: um, Like you said, he's a guy that, that, that's really good at those short routes, those short intermediate routes, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with having that guy come underneath. I felt like too many times last year... We saw this offense trying to take too many shots deep, and they'd send everyone, everybody deep, and they never had that one guy that was open underneath. Every now and then, yes, I will say Cole Beasley was open underneath. Go back and watch the tape, and you can just simply see that Josh Allen. Beasley him. is open all but, the time. He's incredible. But Cole Beasley's five foot eight. This guy's six foot two. I think Josh is gonna have a little easier time. Seeing a six foot two wide receiver runner I hope run around out there you know open somewhere in the middle of the field or, or along the sideline than what he might be able to see with Beasley but um that aside I I again I'm okay with not having a guy that's gonna gonna burn you down the field I'm totally fine with having a guy that's gonna be able to step in and beat you on those quick routes and maybe pick up five six yards and just help move those chains as you as you're going along
1: here. sure and then uh, that was the fourth round in the sixth round they took Isaiah Hodgins so this guy is six for four and PFF says this guy has, quote, the best hands in the draft class of any player. The best hands. So why is he available in the sixth round? He's not that fast. But he can catch. He makes contested catches. His highlights are very impressive. Everyone's highlights are impressive. I was impressed watching this guy. Again, not a complete guy. Other teams, he was drafted 207th overall. Like People didn't want him for some reasons. But he's a piece you can take. You're getting weapons for your offense, so I have no no issues with it.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, he's another guy. He's bringing size you know, to the table at this point. He's going to bring some size into training camp, um, and he's going to be able to battle for a roster spot. And I think if he can do a little bit, obviously a little bit more than everybody else, I think he's going to earn himself a spot uh, on this roster going into the season. Um, I, th- I think personally Buffalo's going to keep six of the receivers that they currently have, um, but – Again, he's another guy that I feel like can make a name for himself and take that big step forward. And they uh, having a guy that, that they say can literally catch everything is not a bad guy to have on your team either.
1: Not at all. So, all right, talk to me. Jake Fromm, quarterback, comes across and, your phone. What are you thinking?
0: So I think I texted you right away as soon as it happened, and I'm like, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um my first thought on the whole Jake Fromm thing was, okay, wait, you're taking Jake Fromm, like, you're taking him in the fifth round. I thought maybe they could have gotten him later undrafted, but, um, you know, he he slipped. And I think had this been a draft where um, teams were able to work out players and meet players and bring players in, I think Fromm goes much earlier in the draft than what he did. But because everything was done the way that it was under these special circumstances, I think that caused... Um, a lot of guys to drop, and not not just Fromm, but I think even if you look at uh, the first two guys that Buffalo took, I think both those guys were first round, early second round talents, and both those guys slipped to Buffalo, you know, respectfully in the second and third rounds. So Fromm, kind of same thing. Once the the top quarterbacks went off, obviously we knew there was a little bit of a dip between um, you know Jordan Love and the next guy. Um, but at the end of the day. Like you and I both said, Buffalo ended up addressing that backup quarterback need. And Jake Fromm's not a bad guy to have in your locker room. He's he knows how to win. He won a lot of games at Georgia. Uh, you know, he came in for an injured Jacob Easton, who actually went before him in the draft of all things. Um, but that's how he got his start in Georgia. He's a good guy, good down to earth, good Christian guy who I, I, I think, you know, McDermott's really gonna like. But um, you know, He's from right here, right, right down the road from me, not too far, about, about a good hour south of me. Um, so I, I've been hearing a lot of him on our local news, seeing a lot of him. So it's exciting to see him, him, him be a Buffalo Bill.
1: Tom Palosaro from NFL Network tweeted that scouts think Fromm can be, quote, an elite backup for a fifth-round pick. That sounds great. So the reason he's available in the fifth round is because his arm's not that good. For for NFL level, which is kind of like a little scary. But when you think about it, he's basically a game, hopefully a game manager. He's a fifth-round pick. It's pretty late. He was literally drafted like four picks before where they got Nathan Peterman. Like, you don't throw guys like this in to just start <coughs> Sean McDermott. Like, these guys are... are you know, career backups most of the time who like hope to just carve out a nice career. I saw this quote from on Jake Fromm though. The reason like he was talked up so much coaches love this guy, a high ranking scout, according to NFL.com quote, Jake has probably the best makeup and character of anybody literally in the entire draft. He's an awesome dude. His teammates love him. He direct quote, he works his balls off. He's a self, He's as self-made as they come. He's just not very talented seems like a good guy to yeah. have in the locker room, and we've talked about it. Josh Allen has a higher risk of injury than most other quarterbacks. Nothing wrong with adding to the quarterback room.
0: Well, I got a quick Jake Fromm story for you. So I do a lot of work with the guys down in Warner Robins, where Jake uh, Jake Fromm is from. And we were down there one day. We were talking. It was right before the Georgia-Notre Dame game this year. Uh, and in speaking with them, you know, we were talking about Jake Fromm and just the person he is and They mentioned to me that he comes home every Saturday night after game days or whenever they get back from wherever they're traveling to, whatever it might be. He drives down from Athens down to Warner Robins, which is a good hour and a half, maybe two hours, every Saturday night to be home and up to go to church on Sunday morning with his family. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's got Sean McDermott written all over it. Absolutely, absolutely. And now let me give you this little bit of stat. Let me know how this sounds to you. As a quarterback in the SEC, which in my opinion is probably one of the toughest divisions or toughest conferences right now in college football, um, for his three years in the NCAA, he had 18 interceptions and 78 touchdowns. Last year, he had 24 touchdowns and five interceptions. That sounds like a guy that really knows how to hold on to the ball, that really knows how to make smart decisions with the ball, and doesn't put the ball in, uh, in situations that's really going to hurt your team, right? Um, so I, I think that's a guy that, in my opinion, I would not mind backing up Josh Allen. And they're two completely different quarterbacks. Josh Allen is a guy who we have seen has a tendency to just force the ball in places where maybe he shouldn't. Most time, I wouldn't say most of the time, maybe 50% of the time he's lucky, the other 50% he's picked off. So you're, getting, you're bringing in a guy to sit behind him that can maybe also help him with that and say, hey, man, don't try to fit that ball in here you know, maybe they, they, they're going to see the field differently. Um, so hopefully Jake Fromm is a guy that can come in and help uh, Josh Allen clean up those turnovers as well, much like how, uh, you know, Brian Dabble was helping him do towards the end of the season last year uh, and how Matt Barkley has kind of been a big help to him as well in that QB room.
1: Right. Bottom line, the Bills didn't have a ton of needs entering this draft. You're You're just bulletproofing. You're getting insurance policies. If anything happens to Josh Allen, now they got two guys there instead of just Matt Barkley. Like you, you just feel better about that situation having a high character guy there. Like that's all it is. And by the way, great Twitter name, Jake from State Farm. Love it. And also yes. uh, played in the Little League World Series. Hit some homers there when he was younger. So yeah, man, cool guy. He, he hit some dingers.
0: Um. So well, t- real quick, let's let's touch on our. Seventh-round pick, real quick, Buffalo, with the uh, 239th pick, selected Dane Jackson, cornerback from Pittsburgh. Last time Buffalo drafted a player from Pittsburgh, it didn't really work out too well. <laughs> um, so I will say, you know, on a positive note for him, <laughs> NFL.com had him rated as the 15th best cornerback in this draft.
1: Really? I did not yes. see that.
0: And I, and I know that a lot of scouts were fairly high on him, and they had a had a fairly good uh, thought process on him. I, I think he was another guy that unfortunately, with the way this draft process was done, uh, he just didn't get as much attention as maybe what he should. And and he he slipped a little bit. Um, nothing wrong with that. I'm totally okay with that. I was glad uh, that Buffalo was able to bring him in. Um, and I I think he'll be a good addition to uh, to that defensive back team. And I'll be curious to see what happens on, you know, with the guys they brought in last year, and 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 what their plan is going forward. Maybe he's a guy that you throw on the practice squad for a little bit, and and let him continue to learn your system and see what he can do. But I think they got some good value there in the seventh round.
1: I was trying to find the tweet before uh, CBS Sports is Chris Trapassa, who's actually from Western New York. Uh, he, had, he had a good tweet here breaking down Jackson, and uh, the bottom line is what I what what it sounds good to me here says the re- his game is solid but unspectacular. For a seventh round pick, I like it. That's all I need.
0: That's all I need, and I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all around. I'm happy with the draft. I would definitely, without having a first round pick, I think they addressed their biggest needs early, and that allowed them later in the draft to be able to go out and just draft to fill competition roles, draft to fill guys that are um, um, you know, maybe not needing to step in right away, but they can come in and learn your system and grow in your system, and you can kind of breed them to play Buffalo Bills football at that point. Um, one guy we didn't touch on, and we don't need to touch on him long, was the kicker uh, that Buffalo drafted there in the sixth round, Tyler Bass from Georgia Southern. I'll, I'll say Nick and I'll let you say whatever you want to say after that but this kid is the Josh Allen of kickers. <laughs> Explain what Did you mean by that. He kick the
1: ball over the mountains. Yeah, uh, he seems to have a big a big leg. I know his college stats. He was not asked to kick from very far. I think his college long was 50 which is a little concerning when you say that, but he, he was a guy who was uh, supposedly had a very good performance at the Senior Bowl, and he's supposed to have a really big leg. So I know um, toward the end of the year, they definitely did not seem to trust Hauska for any long kicks at all. I think he was one for six last year on kicks 49 yards or longer. I think we looked that up. Um, yeah, it's, basically it feels like it's going to be a camp battle to me. If there's a camp, whoever, who like, the better camp is going to win. They like the younger guy. He's got a big leg. Maybe Hauschka's been nursing an injury and he's going to be better. I don't know. But bottom line, they brought in competition. The position needs to be better. Somebody's going to win the job. Hopefully, someone performs very well.
0: Yeah. And I think he was a guy that just has a little bit of actually issues. But Honestly, not a bad way to go with a kicker. I think that's going to allow, um, you know, Hauschka to kind of put some put some fire behind him a little bit and see what they decide to do. But it does give them an option if they don't like what what Hauschka is bringing to the table. And we have both said he hasn't really been the same since he took that hit uh, versus the Jets two years ago. Hmm. Um, that hit really, in my opinion, really really messed him up somehow, some way. Um, and he wasn't all that confident last year, so I'll be curious to see what. What they decide to do with these um, quarterbacks going going forward, or with these kickers going forward here, but um, uh, one of the, one guy from ESPN did say that he spoke to Tyler Bass yesterday, and Tyler Bass says that he believes he's good from sixty to sixty-five yards, and he did hit a wind-assisted seventy-yarder the other day. So, this guy, he just has a big leg, man. If he can keep his actually under control, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, it just, just makes NHDP me wonder why his college team wouldn't send him out for anything longer.
0: I don't know, man. I mean, you went to Georgia, the Southern, I don't, I mean, there's not a lot of wind out here in Georgia <laughs>
1: unless we're getting tornadoes. <laughs> True.
0: <laughs> but the guy's got a leg, so yeah. let's see what happens. We're going to get
1: to fan, uh, re- listener questions in one second. Before that, just give me your, your wrap up thought here on the draft. What should people think?
0: I think that everyone should kind of think that Buffalo did very good. I, again, they addressed their needs early. They did what they needed to do. Um, we've said early on they needed to get an edge guy. They got the edge guy. Um, you know, in some, depends who you looked at, but uh, uh, we got the number, Buffalo got the number two edge guy in the draft. Um, he's just another guy that was able to fall. So I, I don't think people need to overthink that pick. Um And all in all, I I think they brought in a lot of good competition to go into a possible training camp, if there is one. Um, But they did a very good job of addressing their needs and uh, drafting depth and drafting uh,
1: players to help create a lot of competition. I agree with that. I think the the thing that I looked this up that was the most impressive to me of the entire weekend, without having a first-round pick, the Bills still came away with players drafted second round and third round in AJ Espinosa and Zach Moss that Pro Football Focus had rated number 2 at both of their position. They had Chase Young first at the end and Espinosa second and they had DeAndre Swift first at running back and Zach Moss second. For not having a first round pick that was incredible to me. Oh, I agree and you know especially with Espinosa having that first round grade on him
0: in most uh, mock drafts and and he, like like we said he was a guy that was really talked about Buffalo taking at 22. Um, so to have him there at 54, I think, was a no-brainer for uh, Brandon being a John McDermott to jump on that r-
1: real quick. Cool. All right, we're going to fan questions here. I got a first question for you is from Grand Old Pat. He says, are you surprised they didn't take a cornerback higher in the draft?
0: Um, No. Um, I think with – as you got Trey White on one side sharing that set up, you're bringing back, um, uh, you're bringing back Wallace, and you got Josh Norman. Uh, I did not think that there was a need early on in the draft. I think there were some good cornerbacks at fifty four that they could have taken. Christian uh, Fulton being one of them. He was one guy that I was really excited to see if Buffalo was going to jump on. Um, but but I did feel like they were able to address that um,
1: in free agency. So I think they're okay there. I will agree with that. I, I'll reiterate. I think they have very high hopes for Josh Norman. I think he's going to get back into playing his own scheme that Washington took him out of. And I think playing this way, they think he's going to return to hopefully Pro Bowl form. So I did not think cornerback was as big of a need as some of the other people thought because I am a little bit higher on Norman. So for that reason, no, I'm not surprised about that. And for what it's worth, Buffalo did sign
0: two undrafted uh Rookie free agents, um, a cornerback specifically. They took Ike Brown from FIU, and they also have got Josh Thomas from Appalachian State. Hmm. All right, cool. So creating a little bit more competition there as well, which I think is, uh, again, always a good thing.
1: All right, and our second question is from Josh. Josh says, lots of talent coming into Miami, the Bills got stronger, and the Patriots didn't get a quarterback yet. What's your updated AFC's Power Ranking? Oh, man um
0: currently i'm, I'm going to be a little biased here but i still think that buffalo's got the best team best roster at least uh on paper in the afc east um i think miami did a very very good job in the draft i'm going to be curious to see what tua can really bring to the table um you know i i think tua is a good quarterback um just how good is 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 meant to be seen and, and see how his hips hold up and and all of that playing against um know pro guys and getting hit with by a guy like uh like ed oliver um but i i think miami had a very good draft i think the jets also had a very good draft um some of new england's picks kind of questioned me but uh they did take my guy kyle duggar in the in the second round uh who i was if you listened to our last podcast i was a big fan of um so seeing them take take duggar kind of Kind of sucked, but I think New England did a good job as well of addressing their needs on the defensive side of the ball, and I think this year New England's going to go with an approach of uh, you know let our defense try to win us some games and you know run with, with whatever quarterback they they currently have on the roster um but I would definitely say the bills are still on paper the best team um in the NFC east, but I would definitely put miami or uh the jets second miami's a close third. And New England's just lost too many players, I feel like, this offseason um, to really be at the top. But I feel like Bill Belichick's going to find a way to get those guys together.
1: Yeah, I, I'm never going to write off the Patriots until they're officially eliminated. So especially with, with the playoffs going to seven teams this year, I, I think the Patriots are still sort of sneaky for that. they got, they got to get a quarterback. I don't, I don't know if that was really the plan they wanted to go go with this weekend is not getting anyone and i still think cam newton could end up there but for right now definitely buffalo you have to think is number one number two is tough miami brought in a lot of good free agents they had a really good draft i think it's going to take them a little bit to put it all together i think next year they're going to be a lot more threatening than this year so man second in the afc east could be a battle the Jets Jets had a pretty good draft. They're still they they're a step behind the Bills still. I don't think they have a great coach. Man, that's going to be it, the AFC East got exponentially more interesting in the last week with Tom Brady leaving the draft. Tua with the Jets or with the Dolphins rather. I like this division a lot. It's going to be fun.
0: And for what it's worth, um, to answer Josh's question, New England ended up taking two quarterbacks in the undrafted free agency period. Uh, they took Brian Lewerke from Michigan State, uh, and they also went out and got Jamar Smith, quarterback from Louisiana Tech.
1: Still think you think Cam's going to end up there? I think I I don't believe Dude, they're know, in going to go in with just Jared. Let's Still. be honest. You know who's going to end up there? If you tell me Aaron Rodgers, I'm Aaron hanging Rogers. up. The, okay, I'm hanging up the phone. <laughs> That's all. Subscribe. I, I trust hope the process. Not. I Goodbye. Hope-
0: <laughs> I, I I hope I am so wrong on that, but you know it's again it's New England it's Bill Belichick. Um, I just don't I don't trust them and the way that Green Bay handled that whole situation, uh, not even alerting Rogers they were going to draft the quarterback uh, may may tickle Roger wrong a little bit. But you know who else we keep forgetting though who could possibly go there's Andy Dalton. Don't forget yeah. he's on the trade block. They did just draft the quarterback. You know their new face in the franchise. If they can move Dalton for something, I think they'll. They'd rather move for something than lose him for nothing.
1: You know it would also be funny. I don't know how this had to work out pretty well in training camp. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is suddenly available, he'd be a great Patriot. Yeah,
0: but Tua's gonna have to have a, like a really really good camp, and
1: so right. is Josh Rosen. Rosen, <laughs>
0: Rosen I, I don't know if Rosen's gonna come along, but no, I. I think Rosen's the odd man out now in that in that situation there, and maybe Rosen ends up in New England. Can you imagine? The AFC East your four quarterbacks are Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, um, Tua, and Josh Rosen. Like that's a pretty interesting quarterback group, and and in my opinion, probably the most interesting quarterback group in the entire NFL.
1: Hey, well, uh, New Orleans itself is going to be the most interesting quarterback group, I think. They just signed Jameis Winston today. Well, they're going to sign Jameis Winston as soon as the uh, compensatory pick deadline passes so he doesn't count to the formula. But, they, man, Drew Brees is, looks like it's going to be his last year.
0: I, I think so, and I think they want to see what...
1: Uh... What Jameis can bring now that he had his of Guy surgery, maybe he won't throw 30 <laughs> interceptions. Oh, we'll hold on! I gotta mention greatest tweet I saw today: Jameis Winston now plays for the Saints. They also extended Taysom Hill, who's like their gadget quarterback, who they talk up a bunch. All right, in their careers, mm-hmm. Taysom Hill has completed seven passes to Saints for, to Saints players, and Jameis Winston has thrown. Ten passes to Saints players. <laughs> that was just incredible. I read it and like actually laughed out loud. That's
0: quite the uh, quite the stat that 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 someone found out there. That's great. Um, yeah, James obviously had an, had an issue turning the ball over, um, but again, you know, may, maybe now that he 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 admitted that he was apparently blind, so he couldn't see anything on the Doesn't field. Help. So maybe no, maybe this will help. I don't know any blind football players that have been successful. So maybe the surgery that he had will help. We'll see. Um, but who knows? It, it's Drew Brees' team right now, and uh, and they have said that they want Tyson Hill to be their their go-to guy when Brees leaves. So you know Hill is 30 years old, so he doesn't have a lot of time left. Um, so I'll, I'm going to be curious to see how that all works out in the long term, um, or if he even really gets his chance to be the number one quarterback in in New Orleans or not. So we'll see. Um, I do have one more question for you, Nick, before we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, This one comes from Nick, and the question is, now that Buffalo drafted Isaiah Hodgins, um, where does that leave Duke Williams? What is Duke Williams'
1: role if if there is one left on this team for him? All right, so Duke Williams was the he was he had a good good college career he went to the cfl he fell in the draft a little bit had was was the injury issue or he had had a legal issue i forget what the deal was but he wasn't drafted was the leading receiver in the cfl then came to the bills everybody wanted to see this guy he's he was like i think he's six four. he was like the only tall guy they had for a while he played well in sports last year had a couple drops there was a couple of balls that were like would have been like really impressive catches, but you're still thinking like, man, NFL receivers like gotta catch that. So I don't like the Bills' training camp battle. Like they're gonna, it's a good thing they have three quarterbacks because they're gonna have to throw so many passes to try to sort this out. They got Diggs, Beasley, and John Brown, easy starting three. They got Duke Williams, Gabriel Davis, Robert Foster, Isaiah Hodgins, all in the mix who have like, performed or were just drafted. They also have Andre Roberts, who they like for special teams. They have Isaiah McKenzie, they have Ray, Ray McLeod, and they have Nick Easley. That's 11 guys who are all in the mix. Uh, five of them, if you include Diggs, who's 6 foot even, are 6 foot or taller. So they have some size around. Like Duke Williams is very much, and so is Robert Foster, very much on the roster bubble here. They're going to have to really stand out. In camp, or else they're going to be looking at maybe getting a practice squad spot. In my opinion,
0: well, I I look at a lot of um, what was said about Gabriel Davis. You know how he's good at these short routes and and he's good off the line. Duke is also fairly good off the line. You know, I think his touchdown, which was the game-winning touchdown against Tennessee. Um, where he just beat the guy to the inside, made a great move off the line, beat the guy to the inside, caught that quick slant. Um, he's very talented real quick with those quick slants through the middle. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the speed to catch that deep ball. But like you said, he dropped some some big passes last year. One in particular was the pass in the playoff game mm-hmm. um, that we saw him catch so many times all over Bill's social media every time he made a great catch. It was posted on their social media last year. And the one time that you need him to make that great catch, he wasn't able to do it. And Buffalo goes out, they bring in a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, and he's considered to have the best hands in the entire draft. If that can um, roll over into an NFL level, and he's able to play at a high level um, you know, through preseason, through training camp, whatever it might be, and he earns himself a roster spot, I think I agree with you. I think Duke and I think um, uh, Robert Foster, you're two odd men out. Um, but then I also look at other guys that they have on uh, Ray Ray McLeod has already been caught, caught, cut once and has Buffalo re-signed him again this off season. I'm not a big Ray Ray McLeod fan. I've kind of given up on him real quick after his rookie year. Um, to me, you don't really need him back there for special teams. You have, um, enough you got Andre Roberts return your kicks, return your punts. Uh, if he gets hurt, you know, maybe you throw Trey back there a little bit, or you got Micah Hyde, you have enough other options back there where I don't really see where Ray Ray fits in, um, on this team. Um, and and you got Nick Easley, and I think Nick Easley is just going to be a practice squad squad guy. Uh, I don't really see him making that roster unless he all of a sudden just blows things out of the water in, in training camp and preseason, but um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Foster and Duke Williams got a lot of work to do, and uh, I think, unfortunately for Robert Foster, this coaching staff, since Brian Dable has come along, uh, really hasn't had a lot of faith in him, has really not shown a lot of trust in him, uh, last scene especially. He was really just a special teams guy, and if that's the role they want him to play, and they want to just leave him in that role for one more year, we know how much this uh, coaching staff loves guys that can play both. You know, both special teams and you know, and offense or defense. So um, maybe Robert Foster makes it slow, solely because he can also play special teams. But Duke's got some work to do, and 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 I'll be curious to see the battle and how it works out in in preseason and
1: training camp. Yep. Hopefully, coronavirus subsides and we are able to have a training camp because it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I'm. I need something, man. I'm, like I said, I'm still watching these old games and all
1: this, and I'm, I'm just getting hungry. Oh, man. Speaking of coronavirus, um, a possible quarantine fallout. Did you see who got divorced today? I
0: saw that uh, my wife actually told me, because <laughs> she is a big Kristen Cavallari fan, um, that Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari have gotten divorced, which is weird, because they were just stranded in the Bahamas for like a month during this quarantine. Apparently, they couldn't get along too well down in the Bahamas, and that must have led to the the divorce. You hate to see it. Yeah, you know. Well, that's what you get for uh, mailing your
1: engagement ring to your fiance. <laughs> Man, I will never get tired of that story. That was just, like the peak peak. Jay Cutler is like, I, I, I will cut him some slack because I, I I looked this up just to confirm it today, make sure I remembered it right. They they apparently they got engaged. One time, and then they like broke up after that. So this was the second time they got engaged. And, and Cutler's quote on it was, "It was like the first time, you know, we did it in Cabo at sunset. You know, it was you know the perfect thing." It's like second time, you know, we were just kind of like at the airport talking about it, and she was like, "Well, I want the ring." And he's like, "I don't have it on me," and he like jokingly almost mentioned like, "I guess I'll mail it to you," and she was like, "Perfect." He's like, that's just how it went down. So I'm like, hmm, like, was Kristen just like trying to secure the bag there? And he's like, I'll take it, mail it to me, like, whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just peak, peak Jay Cutler, like, not giving a bleep. I'll just mail it. Like, (laughs) just (laughs) incredible.
0: Doesn't get more Jay Cutler than that, man.
1: All right. On that note, if you liked what you heard, Subscribe, rate, comment, follow us on Twitter at The Underscore Process Pod. We've got a bunch of new followers on Draft Weekend. Thank you if you are one of those new followers. You should definitely follow Charlie. Charlie, tell him where you're at. Yeah, I'm at wit 68
0: Um, I'm going to make sure I'm going to uh, tweet out the picture of Cliff Kingsbury's house in case you haven't seen it gorgeous and i will make sure i tweet it along with the
1: jj watt uh tweet as well all right that sounds good charlie thanks so much i had a good time we will stay safe down there in georgia that is not reopened and uh we'll talk to you next time nick take it easy
0: thank you everybody and remember to always trust the process